When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Good morning. Welcome to the Morning Beat. Thank you so much for joining us today. The weekend is still blinded by those lights. Why can't he just get some sunglasses? Yeah, all you got to do, babe, is I mean, just turn the brightness down on your phone. It's clo- close really Close your eyes. Simple. Whatever you have to do. Like, yeah. Get over it. We're tired. <laughs> good morning. How are you, Michaela? Good morning, babe. I'm good. I had a good night last night. You it did. was a wild night. Yeah, you went to the beach. I went to the beach. It was nice and gloomy yesterday. It was gloomy, but I did it the way the influencers do, so it was pretty fun. Oh, so you did, I, did you actually go to the beach? Yeah, we actually, there was no oh, green okay. screen. We like physically went. <laughs> Got it. And then I physically went to an influencer dinner. And I got to tell you something. Just Nothing to- reminds you of who you are as a person until you're put in a position where you don't feel like you necessarily belong. Mm. As you're like chomping down on all the food while everybody's like taking content. Oh, you went to an influencer Hollywood dinner party. Yes. Oh, you don't eat the food. Yeah, I was didn't know that till I was two plates in. You know, going to an influencer party, a dinner party in particular, is sort of like having dinner in the capital of the Hunger Games. Everybody's oh. dressed up and colorful. Mm-hmm. You don't actually eat anything, but it all looks fantastic. Fantastic. Right. And then you throw it away at the end of the night because you can. Okay. So also, though, it was tricky because it was sushi. Mm. Right. So like I did eat it. But then you know how sushi like never really fills you up. So then I just kept eating more. That's a fallacy because I get real full and I weigh 200 pounds. I will get full. And then literally like 15 minutes later, I'm like, (laughs) I can have another have another role. They're like, no, we've already released them back into the ocean. Yeah, they're like, they're gone. We're done. The photos have been they're taken. Like, oh, you ate those? Those were plastic. I'm like, come <laughs> on Hey, I was hungry. They're wax. That's why my stomach feels funny. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you're back. I'm glad you survived an influencer dinner. Thank you. I I've did. I've been to one or two in there. You know, I showed up at a party one time. This influencer was like, hey, let's work on some content together. And I'm thinking, it's about the time I released my book. I'm a motivational speaker. I'm trying to so inspire excited. the world, right? And I'm thinking this guy wants to do the same. We're on the same page. We have coffee. He invites me over. I bring my partner. We show up in the valley at his house. He rents this mansion, which a lot of influencers rent, these big, big houses, right? We show up to his pool party, dressed in our cute little shorts and tank tops and flip-flops, swimsuits, ready to go. That's the first mistake. Mm -hmm. Pool parties in L.A. rarely actually involve getting in the water. No. They usually, usually just show up and look cute. Well, we were ready to swim. The guy set up a ramp off of his rooftop. So that he and his buddies could ride bikes and flip off the rooftop into the swimming pool. On the other side of the swimming pool, they had scaffolding and a DJ with flames coming out the side so they could all gather content. Yeah, it was. And I was like, I never felt so out of place in my life. We hid in a corner for 10 minutes and turned around and went home. Yeah, I did. I said I, I stayed longer. I actually and listen, I actually had a very nice time. But also we wake up at like 
3 a.m. <laughs> so you also can't like I went to bed, I woke up and they were still posting from the party. Were. And I was like, Yeah, I guess I'm glad I went home yeah. early last night. I stayed up till nine last night. I Ooh. feel like I was getting wild. Yeah. Here we are. Here we well, are. We have a great show planned for you today. We're kicking things off uh, with a series of stories that we have no idea how they actually ever made the news cycle, but they did. And we feel obligated to share them with you. There, there's some wild ones in here. Uh, one involves um, male genitalia. That's all yeah. I'm going to say. Yeah, that's all you're, you're going to say. You're going to want to stick around for that conversation because there's one thing I like to talk about at 6.20 a.m. Male genitalia. Male genitalia. Tracks. Also, one mom is getting dragged on social media for her interesting take on parenting. I'll tell you this. She asked her kid, who's about seven or eight years old, to clean his room for two days straight. He did not, so she took action. The internet is divided. We're going to let you decide how you feel about this story coming up a little bit later in this hour. But right now, it is time for News on the Beat. Michaela, take it away. All right. Well, the Pfizer vaccine will now be available to kids age 12 to 15 after the FDA expanded its emergency use authorization. Pediatricians and pharmacies could start administering the shots as early as Thursday. Experts say getting your young teens vaccinated can make a huge difference in snuffing out the pandemic. In India, the country's ongoing coronavirus catastrophe is threatening to impact the world economy. Analysts are rethinking their predictions for India's growth this year, which is troubling after the country's recession last year. Not to mention India and its ships and waterways are crucial for global supply chains. The country also typically produces more than 60% of all vaccines sold globally, but the largest vaccine maker there is shifting to focus on domestic needs. Now, in other news, energy regulators are calling on leaders in the energy sector to step up their cyber defenses. After the weekend ransomware attack that knocked the Colonial Pipeline offline, the chief U.S. policy strategist at AGF Investments said the latest hack by so-called cyber pirates should be a red alert for the White House following years of hackers blackmailing local governments, businesses, and hospitals. Colonial Pipeline, which delivers nearly half the diesel and gasoline consumed on the East Coast, is still trying to get its systems restarted. If the shutdown continues for more than a few days, many Americans could be looking at a three dollar a gallon gas for the first time since 2014 okay here's the funny thing about that story i would give anything for a three dollar a gallon okay. gas it's been five dollars out here in la for years yeah but even in vegas where it used to be uh it's still less expensive than la but it's still in the four all right it's a little weather it's going to be a high of 75 in atlanta 68 in baltimore 48 in chicago 95 in sacramento and 99 in indio now give us a vibe of the day Take risks. If you win, you'll be happy. If you lose, you will be wise. Love that. You'll be wise to head over to wearechannelq.com right now as well because we have an offer for you that you can't resist. We're sending you and a friend to Las Vegas. Hey now. Covering your airfare and an epic two-night stay at the all-new Resorts World Las Vegas. It's incredible. Plus, we're going to throw in two VIP passes to get some Vegas sun poolside and catch Tiesto set at IU Day Club. We love Tiesto, we love Vegas, and the Resorts World Las Vegas is the place to be this summer. Head over to WeAreChannelQ.com right now for your chance to win. Sure do, honey. All right, well, coming up, why and how is this news? What your snack preference says about you? Coming up next. Every now and then, as we're looking for stories, uh, we come across some news that we're like, we can't use that, right? That's weird. That's not actually a story. Like, how did that make the news? So we thought we would just start to compose some of those stories and share them with you all at once. Because why not, Justin? 
Why not? Why not, indeed? <laughs> so here you go. Here are some weird stories that don't make sense, but we're going to make them make sense. Yes, we are. We, that's what we do here in the morning. We don't really make sense sometimes either, do we? Not all the time. Yeah, almost never. No, we don't. Okay, so but if, people like us. If you prefer living uh, a city living over nature, according to this new study, you might be a psychopath. You ready for this? Okay. I think you're a psychopath. So Thank city, you. City slickers are more likely to be psychotic, or so says a study published in the Journal of Environmental Psychology. That seems a little bit biased. An environmental psychology journal? Of course they're going to feel like like environment means like outdoors, like means like the woods, right? No? Yeah. No, okay. maybe. That's what I would think. It found a correlation between people who exhibit darker personality traits and a preference for urban over suburban and rural areas. How do you feel about this? Do you think you're a little bit more crazy because you live in a city, or do you think that you could handle like country living? I feel like I feel like country living seems psychopath. I mean, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a thousand percent in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. honey. Okay, so you're not going to come for the city queens. Yep, because you guys have a lot of alone time there in your little sheds in the middle of nowhere. I got a lot of time you, to think. I grew up in a small town, a lot of trees, a lot of farms. Terrifying. Yeah terrifying yeah you talk about hillbillies and pickup trucks with gun racks and confederate flags listen that seems kind of psychopath to me when i drive through this is gonna sound so bad i don't mean any tear shade because i also am trash when we drive through vegas to la you know how you drive through baker and through barstow yeah me and lisa have this uh like it's not a joke like i always am I asked the cashier wherever we go, like, oh, do you live here? Like, do you live here? Do you live somewhere else? Because living in Baker, where it also does not smell good, I'm mm. like, what's going on? Do the hills have eyes or do they not? Well, it's a bit of a, a bit of a chicken or the egg conversation here because research, researchers are still unsure um, if if city dwellers become more psychotic because of their lack of a connection to nature or does the lack of nature make urbanites more prone to becoming psychopaths? Which comes first? Do you move out of the small town to the big city because you're a psycho? Or do you move to the small town to the big city and become a psycho? That's the question they're asking. Uh, We'll keep an eye on this I think you become a psycho. (laughs) I think you have too much time. Listen, we were all in that pandemic together. Being alone all that time in your own thoughts, you became a little crazy. Imagine doing that in a farmhouse with no neighbors anywhere near you. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I like this story. Uh... A snack preference says everything you need to know about your personality. Uh-oh. Okay, so uh, sweet snackers, people who prefer... Are you sweet or savory? I definitely am probably more on the savory side. Me too. I don't like a lot of sweet stuff. Me too. Justin, you're sweet or savory? I'm sweet. Okay, so um, sweet snackers are more, are more likely to be social butterflies with their snacking, like while hanging out with friends... Uh, or during a game night. Now, okay. savory snackers tend to save their snacks for more intimate or subtle events like on dates or binge watching TV. And then with more time on their hands, sweets lovers would likely end up at the beach, museum, or in the wilderness. Savory palates, however, would rather go shopping at a mall or explore a new city. That tracks. Not for me. That tracks for me. I'm a beach or wilderness kind of guy, but I like savory. Well, I like sweet and savory. What does sweet mean? Does sweet mean candy? Probably. Like sweet treats. Because my fiance tells me that candy means like sugary things, like a Jolly Rancher or a sucker, and that chocolate is a candy bar. But I'm like a chocolate, like Snickers. That's what I do. I still consider that candy, though. But he does not call that candy. 
So what is a sweet to you? I think like cakes. I think like oh, well, donuts. Gosh. Oh, great. I think, yeah. Oh, well, I like all of them then. Yeah, equally. I feel like me too. I was on the beach yesterday and had the best carrot cake and I was like thriving. So it really depends on the day. Carrot cake on the beach? That yeah, is it was so fancy. good. Okay. Okay, so how about this one? Men with larger noses have bigger penises, according to a new study. How do you feel about that? I don't know because I don't really care. I don't know that I've ever measured really my, in my, lane, my nose and 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 really correlated it to my my genitalia before. Yeah, I didn't think that that was going to I mean, well, this if was it is. Published in the medical journal Basic and Clinical Andrology, the researchers of the study found that men with larger noses had a stretched penile length of an of at least 5.3 inches while men with smaller noses had a length of 4.1 Wow, that's over an inch. Yeah. They're saying guys with bigger noses have over an inch more, like, manhood down there? That's kind of impressive. Justin, you have a really small nose, I've just noticed. Oh, my God. How dare you? (laughs) My nose is perfectly adequate. Thank you very much. Okay, well, apparently, though, the team of researchers drew this conclusion by looking at the dead corpses, corpses of 126 men within three days of death and measured different parts of their body. Listen, I'm going to tell you this. Is that, I wonder if that's really true. First of all, I don't want to be judged by how I'm performing when I'm dead because I'm barely performing when I'm like asleep or lying on the couch. So I don't want to be judged according to that. Also, if I die and anybody had the audacity to start measuring my manhood oh my post-mortem, God, just started... no way. What if women just started walking around with like rulers or, or men and just started measuring people's noses? They were like, I just want to see if this tracks really Let's fast. Let's do that. Let's, like set, that's... let's set up a booth. Okay. In West Hollywood. Okay. Bossa Nova closed down across from Come the Abbey. Through. We have space. We could set it up right there in the parking lot. Okay. We'll bring our tape measures. Okay. And we'll, we'll do our thing. What if that was like in the dating app? Like it was like eye color, hair color, nose size. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That it's, could... like, it's like the new shoe size. Remember people who say that if you had big feet, you know what that means? Does it, is that socks. a thing? Big socks. Does Is that a thing? I don't know. I have huge feet. You figure it out. Okay, don't figure it out. Okay, well, I will preface this conversation by saying I'm not a father yet. Okay. Technically. Preface it. Kingston is very much my son. Yes. He had a six-month birthday on Friday. He did. Uh, That's the kind of daddy I am. I knew that date. And he's very, very much my son. Yes, he is. That's your baby, honey. He messes up sometimes. Um, he hasn't had a mistake in the house in a while. But he does this thing where he gets into his basket of toys, where we used to have him on the ground because he was little and he didn't know any better. Then we moved him on top of his kennel in the living room because it's too high for him to reach. Now this dog is athletic as all get out. He can reach everything everywhere. He is a monster. Bad but in boy. the sweetest way ever. He'll take all of his toys out one at a time and put them all over the living room. Much like this one young boy um, uh, whose mother is now going viral on social media. Her name is Tabitha Marie. Uh, She took to TikTok uh, to share uh, a struggle that she was having as a mother. When you ask your child for two days in a row to clean his room, two days in a row, and his response is, no, you clean it, mommy. I will do that gladly. Okay, so... So what you hear there is her collecting all of his things in a trash bag uh, and tossing them all out. She's collecting all of his belongings because this child, uh, his, who's what, I think five, she says here? Her child, oh yeah, her child's almost five. Her child's only four years old. Let's just say that. 
Yeah. Doesn't want to clean up his room after two days, which is every single five-year-old in the world. Right. She decides to throw everything away. What kind of parenting technique is that? Well, By the way, this video has 3.5 million views on TikTok. Um, here's the thing. I, I will say that I I don't know if it's a technique that somebody told her or that she read. Um, I think it's really abusive and destructive. Mm-hmm. My mom did this thing where she was so neurotic, so neurotic. And she'd say, if you don't clean up your stuff, I'm going to throw it away. And I remember one time she went into my room, took all my clothes out put them in a trash bag and made me wear the same outfit to school for a month. And I think that maybe she felt like that was productive, but it was humiliating. And it was such a harsh punishment for not necessarily picking up, picking up my stuff right away. Mm. But also he's what? Six, like five, five. Yeah. My niece is a year younger than this baby. I, I think it's like, that's not helping him. That's Listen, not like that's not communication. I won't go as far as to say it's child abuse because I think that's a pretty strong word. Uh, it's definitely neglect. She's not doing her job as a mother. And if your kid is five years old and he's so bratty that he won't do anything that you ask him to do, that falls on you. Like that's you not. But it's being not a... like he was a brat. He was like you do it, mommy. Was... Like kids say that. Like kids are brats, yeah, and then of you're course. just like, hey, don't be a brat. Of course, but if your kid's talking back to you at five years old and being a brat to you, some of that falls on you too. Yeah, it like, does. I would never have talked to my mom that way when I was a kid, and if I did, I you know I'd get a little swift slap across the face, which I know is not okay now, but I'd get a little crack on my cheek, and I would be told you're going to sit in your room until you decide you know to talk to me properly. Well, and, also, and I would do that. I think that it says a lot for her. To go on social media, to post it on social media. It's like she wanted to be like some badass mom, like, see what I did. Mm-hmm. And I think that I've seen a couple of parents punish their children on social media. And it's like, do you want clout? Are yeah. you trying to like, and they get dragged every single time yeah. a parent. Uh, well, she's getting dragged. Yeah, too. as she uh, should. The University of Minnesota uh, did a study that shows children who start getting involved in household chores at the age of three to four are more likely to be successful as adults and develop a sense of responsibility, self-reliance and self-worth. I will say this. One thing I think, you know, in my formative years were a little bit chaotic. I was young, my mom and dad weren't in the best relationship. Um, my mom was pregnant again by the time I was four or five, and it wasn't good. Yeah. She didn't get pregnant because she wanted to be pregnant. She got pregnant in, in the hopes that maybe it would save her marriage, mm-hmm. or at least she'd have you know a sibling for her young son who she adored, and I know she did. She says to me that the day that she knew she had to leave my dad um, was one morning I was watching uh, my morning cartoons, eating cereal, and while I was eating my cereal, I had one hand you know, on my spoon and the other hand plugging my ear because they'd been fighting. Baby. And I'm just like watching cartoons, like plugging my ears because yeah. I'm just devastated. And I will say during those years, I do wish my parents had taught me responsibility. I do wish they taught me to clean and have chores. We never had chores growing up. Yeah, and I've had a hard time thing. adulting in some ways because I never had any structure as a kid. Yeah, but also it can go both ways. And look, parenting's hard. But I remember my mother took it as far as like we had to scrub the baseboards on okay, Saturdays. Yeah, that's weird. And so now what it's done in my adult life is I've rebelled against like sure. scrubbing and cleaning. Like it goes both well, ways. Well, she didn't make it fun. She didn't show any yeah, benefit to you. You were just being much. tortured. But I will say that if you are a parent it's something for us to listen to and I think something that we'll benefit from as parents because I think we'll be really amazing parents is that it does 
it, it you don't think it's affecting your child mm-hmm. until they're 33 and 41 and you're like Whoa, okay what did it you, bothers I feel attacked I'm sorry I'm, I'm 41 40 I'm Oh why did wow. I say 41 I am not that <gasps> it's old It's the Michaela. trauma I'm dealing with it was the baseboards I went right back to 5 Sorry It's time to get juicy. It's time for what's popping. But first, I want to tell you about a really cool opportunity uh, for you and a friend. Las Vegas is open for business, and Channel Q is giving you and a friend the chance to get down to business poolside with the DJ Tiesto. Head over to wearechannelq.com for your chance to win a trip to Vegas, Michaela Gordon's hometown. Yes, honey. She might even come hang out with you because she never leaves, Uh, including (laughs) round-trip airfare for two and an epic two-night stay at the all-new Resorts World Las Vegas. Plus, because we're Channel Q, and this is how we do we're going to throw in two VIP passes to get some Vegas Sun poolside and catch Tiesto set at the IU Day Club at Resorts World Las Vegas. This place is going to be popping this summer. It's going to be popping this summer. You're going to want to go. Vegas is going to be lit this oh, year. Oh, we're going. Oh, we are going. I'm vaxxed and waxed, honey. We're going to Vegas. Oh, and we are going. I want you to show me your hometown. I can't wait. I want to rage with you. We are going to rage. And then I want you to show me where the deals are. I'm going to show you. There's no deals in Vegas. I want to have a good dinner. Okay. And not spend $800. Okay, got right. Yes, yes, But I yes. also don't want like one of those like $6 steaks. No, no. Like we're okay. not going to go to the buffet. Somewhere in the middle. It, the t- but the buffet at the Rio is pretty good. I love it. <laughs> I don't know if the buffets are actually open though. Yeah, no, when they I'm shut sure. them down for COVID, I was actually devastated. Yeah. I took it pretty hard. It's pretty, pretty devastating stuff. Yeah, it is. If you can bounce back from it and give us some what's popping, that'd be great. Okay, well, this is big news. Samira Wiley and Lauren Morelli have welcomed their very first child, a baby girl together. The Emmy winning actress announced on her Instagram she said, Happy First Mother's Day to my beautiful wife who four weeks ago today, after laboring for almost three days, three days, three days of giving labor, in labor? Get ready, sweetheart. That's going to be you. No, it's not. Listen, I'm terrified of that. Um, She said their gorgeous daughter, George, is what Samira Wiley uh, wrote on Instagram. That's such a cute name for a baby girl, George. Little baby Georgie. Not Georgia? No, just George. Okay. Just George. Uh, I think it's so sweet. Uh, this is a beautiful couple also to, to begin with. Um, but it's really nice to see that they uh, that they had a little girl. They, they got married in March of 2017 after meeting on the set of Netflix's Orange is the New Black. Oh, so good. Yes. And now uh, Samira is currently on Hulu's The Hand- Handmaid's Tale. Did you watch that? You know what? I don't, and everybody tells me to watch it, and I don't, but I think I might. I Do need you? to. I need to. I watched the first couple episodes of season one, then I realized it's a bit heavy, so I needed to wait so I could fully go in. Yeah. But I've seen promos for the latest season, and it looks bonkers. Yeah. Uh, I will say Samira, when she left, Orange is the New Black, it was probably the most devastating episode of that series, and one of the most devastating episodes of any series I've ever seen in television. Oh, my God. She's incredible. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, this is big news coming up in our next hour. Are big businesses planning on leaving social media after receiving so many hate comments? Are big businesses trying to take their power back? We discuss in the next hour. So one of the conversations we find ourselves having oftentimes on the show is uh, whether or not large corporations are obligated to, to take a stand on social issues. Yeah. Until recent years, by and large, they've stayed out of it. Totally. A couple have sort of weighed in. Nike's been pretty good. You know, I work at the company uh, Barefoot Wines. They're incredible. They've been supporting the LGBTQ plus community since 1988, well before it was popular. Oh, yeah. We're talking height of the AIDS pandemic, right? But most companies, by and large, uh, 
have not until recently stepped into sort of divisive conversations. So Starbucks, though, major company based here in the United States, up in Seattle, is reportedly considering closing its Facebook page as a result of the hateful comments in response to some wow. of their posts. Now, they've got about 35 million followers on Facebook. Um, and most of their posts have to do with their drinks, obviously, and their food, their specials, like what they have in store. Right. However, from time to time, they do highlight social issues like Black Lives Matter uh, and the anti-Asian hate. Uh, but according to BuzzFeed, they just had an internal memo that uh, circulated throughout the company, uh, said that there is concern with the site. Executives were said to be considering shutting the page down completely uh, because they objected to hateful comments uh, left beneath their posts. So you have two options here, really. One, I guess three, maybe. One, you disable comments. Okay. Two, you have somebody go through and delete them. If that happens, people screenshot and then they drag you for not being supportive. Yeah. Or three, you just disappear completely. Do you think this is the best route for them to take? Do you think that major corporations, is this a time for them to like step back and sort of disappear? Or do you think it's time for them to double down and be more supportive of these causes. What are your thoughts? You know, I don't know. I took a moment because I'm really trying to think what it would be like being a bigger corporation. And uh, I have a lot of, I don't have a lot. I have a handful of friends that said, you know what? Like I'm an influencer. My Instagram page is my business. That's how I make money. I don't want to turn anybody off. So I just don't talk about anything, but like showing, you know, my bags or my infl- whatever that is. Do sure. you know what I'm saying? And I think that that's a choice that somebody's taken. I also think it's a very privileged choice. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I was with um, these beautiful trans women yesterday and we were talking and we were enjoying ourselves and they're so beautiful and wonderful and successful. But we were talking about, uh, Although I was like, well, we're, you know, we're not different. And they were like, no, sis, but we are. We're trans women and you're a cis woman and you still have a lot of privilege with that. And we were sort of having this discussion. And I think that it was just a reminder that, like, if you have any sort of privilege, use that to protect other people. And so although I understand Starbucks maybe wanted to just shut down social media altogether, it is an opportunity for them to back people that do not have the same privilege as they do. Well, it's interesting because some of the comments uh, are shared on this article, one of them being uh, somebody said, just stop and stick to coffee. Uh, which kind of reminds me of what was it Laura Ingram or somebody said to LeBron James yeah, at one point, and shut up and dribble, you know, um, and he had a very stern reaction to that as he should. And he has every right to uh, another comment said, I have not gone into a Starbucks in over a year. I used to get at least two to three times a week. I got completely fed up with their pushing their agenda down my throat. Love the employees, but Starbucks itself, it loves me spending my money there. But being a hardworking, self-sufficient person, nah, does not love me so much. So here's the thing. The argument in my perspective is this idea of an agenda, right? What is the agenda? Mm-hmm. Is equality an agenda? 
Or is that something you just fight for? Well, it's when people are like, I don't understand why everything has to be about race. I re- Like when uh, Ebony K. Williams joined the Housewives of New York franchise, I heard a few people go, well, why does everything have to be about race? Like that's, we you know, like that's what well, the, only the that only franchise say that, is about. The only people in the world who say that are white. Yeah, But oddly, it was not, it was brown people of color that said this to me. And I was like... But why are you okay with that? Like, it's not an agenda pushing. It's like, we have to change the narrative. I, I don't think that it's... Yeah, well, I think what happens sometimes, too, and, for, and, that, and that makes sense, actually, that you say it that way, and I, I stand corrected. I think what happens sometimes is, even if you don't realize that you're being um, neglected or that you're being... Not represented. Yeah, until you see yourself. I didn't realize growing up that I needed representation on TV until I started to see myself. And then right. I was like, oh, that's what this feels like. At the time, I thought, you know, I was judgmental of other gay men because I thought they were just this one thing. And and it's not true and it's never been true. Yeah. And unless major corporations like Starbucks take a stand, nothing's going to change. Yeah. You see, you see companies in Georgia taking a stand against the voting rights bill and you see companies that were in, I believe it was North Carolina during the trans bathroom bill. And they were, I think it was the NCAA tournament or one of the major organizations were, were planning to go there. And they said, we're going to pull all of our sponsorship unless you, you, you change this. Like they put pressure on politicians because they're getting pressure from social media. Yeah. That's why corporations do these things. Don't be fooled. There are some good, you know, CEOs and executives in these corporations, of course. But the reason that they're putting pressure on politicians now and that they're taking a side and that and that for by and large, except for the my pillow guy, hello, every major corporation in this country is really standing with Democrats and, and progressives right now, is because of the pressure they're getting from social media to do so. So that's a good thing. Yeah. If we take that away. The, those trans voices are not being represented. Yeah, the, our and, voices are not being. And listen, there there have been more anti LGBTQ plus you know legislation up in 2021 across the country in different state legislators this year than any other year in our history. That's that's crazy. Yeah, but it's different. And I will say that I gained a lot of perspective. I am moving my mic just so I can get it a little bit closer. I have a tendency not to, but this is important. You know, we talk about trans rights a lot on this show. Mm-hmm. But I was able to hang with these two beautiful uh, trans women yesterday. Just petite, little, tiny, beautiful women. And I was I was watching them and I was like, hearing their perspective of everything going down. They look like influencers. You actually would never even maybe know that they were trans women. I'm like, this is the threat that you think is going into the bathroom mm-hmm. to harm your children. Yep. These are the type of people that you want to just cause... So much pain and embarrassment. You and I have had this discussion. I think I talked about it in my book. When I was a young boy in Catholic school, I was an altar boy and and, and whatever else. And I loved my Catholic upbringing. It was the same time that the priest, like pedophilia stuff was coming out for the very first time. So as I was struggling with my inner sexual demons, I was being told by the outside world that gay equals predator or rapist or child molester. So that's what I thought I was going to be. Because I didn't know any better because that's what the media told me. Yeah. 
that's why it's in, like but but that's the the, the media's narrative of the, the media's narrative of what trans people are by and large is so problematic but, that's why people are afraid of sending their kids to school and going to the restroom with a trans person it's but insane. it goes back to even what Sarah Silverman said one of the girls I was with was as big as I am smaller smaller than me even more petite and I know what I'm capable of but and we're I'm afraid like, of her yeah but we're terrified of her people as a cis woman often look at me and they're like oh you're tiny what are you gonna do ha 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 well so so is she she's tinier what? than I am just to clarify I played basketball and I did I'm six foot five and a half I was terrible I don't care how tall I was. I was bad. Yeah. I was bad. So don't just make judgments on people based on simply their sexuality. It doesn't make sense. Totally. All right. Well, coming up, Starbucks baristas are sharing customer horror stories from TikTok, and we've got all the details on why they find it exhausting. Coming up next. Um, this is kind of weird. Would you make me your longest order you've ever received? Yeah, like a drink that had like the longest sticker, like the most things in it. Okay. Do you want it to taste good? Yes. Mostly, I mean, if it can taste good, then yes. Okay, so that is a TikToker going into a Starbucks asking for the longest ticketed order they've ever made. So annoying. That is... That is America in 2021, people. This is what this is what I'm sorry, Michaela. I know you're on TikTok. Your TikTok's yeah, but I don't very harass different. anybody. I just do my own comedy that harasses myself. I think that's a different different vibe. Yeah. This young girl goes in here and says, "Hey, I want to make your life as difficult as it's ever been at, at your job, basically to this barista, and make me the longest thing ever." Why? I don't get it. I don't understand it. How is this a thing? I understand when, like, I talk to my mom. She's like, oh, this younger generation's lazy. And I push back. I'm like, mom, you're a boomer. You retired before retirement. You're sitting at home just living off of your, you know, your husband, blah, blah, blah. But also, I'm like, sometimes she's kind of right. Like, I don't, is this a career choice? Is she, you're a TikToker. Is this girl making money off this video? Yeah, so much money. Really? Yeah, she'll make so much money off of this. But here's the problem, and I think it's really important. For her, she makes money. For Edward, the barista, he just loses time. And now he's going to have more and more people coming in mm-hmm. that are asking for this very long order that they don't even know if they like. They don't charge any extra. And it's, I think that with social media, it's really great in a lot of ways and just really problematic in other ways. I don't like when you inconvenience somebody else for yeah. your benefit. Feel, and that's how this feels. I feel bad for Edward the barista because this is what he made. Today's drink is a venti iced latte with caramel syrup, cinnamon dolce, hazelnut, toffee nut, vanilla, classic, peppermint, raspberry, pineapple, ginger, liquid cane sugar, sugar-free cinnamon dolce, sugar-free vanilla, mocha, white mocha, add dark caramel sauce, patch sauce, Irish cream syrup, extra ice, sweet cream, stevia, sugar, add cinnamon dolce on top. I don't know what that is. A venti cup, stirred, nitro lid, double cup, iced quad, ristretto. Okay, that's just gross. That's just that's so gross. But then she ends with it's gonna be bad. Well, so you don't even think it's gonna be good. You just had him mix everything he could and type it out. Well, it's a it's a modified version of a caramel ribbon crunch frappuccino, which sounds delicious. But this version sounds like uh, a heart attack, or it sounds like diabetes. Well, I remember. I won't say her name, but she's a friend of mine. She, for the gram, I won't, for the gram, we were at Universal Studios and she ordered this like ridiculously large ice cream for her kid. And then they took the photo and she goes, all right. And then she threw it away. And I was like, I love her. But I think that like, I was having this conversation again yesterday. Social media is a wild place. The expectations are very high. And now what's being acceptable or cool is 
borderline obnoxious. I'm not wasteful. I've done photos like that for social media. I get it. I have a friend who is a food blogger. Her name is Jackie. You know her. She's Love fantastic. Jackie. Jackie Grubbs. Go follow her on social media. She's incredible. Uh, she works for, I think, Delish, I think is the company right now. She's been on Access Hollywood. She's great. She does this sort of stuff, too. I don't think that she wastes the food like this person does because you can't drink that drink. I did a post not too long ago for the Kentucky Derby. Oddly enough, they're problematic right now. They're in some hot water. Um, well, one of their one of their jockeys or one of their handlers, what's his name, trainer, one of their trainers is for the horse who won. Um, but I did a series of posts, uh, paid advertising for the Kentucky Derby this year. And one of them was I was supposed to create a Kentucky Derby at home uh, brunch, right? So I did fried chicken and waffles. Made the waffles from scratch. I bought myself a waffle maker. I mean, it costs money to be an influencer. You spend money to make money, like anything. A thousand. So I made waffles, and then I made a blackberry compote that I made from scratch. It was delicious, and with fried chicken, right? And then I made a blackberry mint julep, which I also made from scratch. I'm a bartender. The fried chicken, I didn't share the recipe because I got it from Ralph's. I got it from the grocery store. It looked good. We put it in our air fryer for a little bit to crisp it up and make it look delicious. Put it on a platter, threw some berries on there and some waffles, and bingo, bingo, bongo, we're done. But here's the difference. I didn't take that platter and throw it out. My partner and I ate that fried chicken. We ate it for the next two days. Look, I don't like wasting food. I also just don't like wasting people's time and that's what they're doing these poor starbucks baristas they're not trying to be on social media with the tiktoks they're just trying to get to work pay their bills do their thing and then you have these influencers just making more of a ruckus for them well, i don't also, like that is edward getting a cut edward the barista did he get a paycheck yeah can because, you get some extra tips because you work on social media sometimes and when you work with other people and they make a lot of money they send you money yeah they do they actually pay you but i i, I ask for it like, you're not going to use my comedy That's true. to not get paid, right? There's value there. All right, well, coming up in What's Poppin', Tom Cruise is returning his three Golden Globe trophies. Find out why and what that looks like coming up next. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. This uh, round of What's Poppin' hits a little bit close to home. We're talking Golden Globes in just a moment. Uh, but first, I do want to invite you to head over to wearechannelq.com right now. Enter for your chance to win two round-trip tickets, airfare, and a two-night stay at the brand-new Resorts World Las Vegas. Also, we're going to throw in two VIP passes to catch the DJ Tiesto do his set at the IU Day Club because Vegas is open, baby, and we want to send you there. Yes, honey. Head over to wearechannelq.com right now for your chance to win if you're really lucky you might even see Michaela in a bikini oh i know how you spend your summers in your hometown listen i love a bikini honey all right Michaela. besides you in a bikini what's popping all right so this is interesting tom cruise is returning his three golden globe trophies to join a protest against uh the hollywood foreign press you know normally i take these what's poppins but you have a very personal connection to all of this you do all of the red carpets how serious is this it's a big deal uh first and foremost i'm curious to know what he's going to do with his oscars oh wait he doesn't have any oh tom cruise sorry, Tommy. whoops uh, yeah he won uh golden globes though for his roles in jerry Maguire*, born on the fourth of july and magnolia all fantastic films and well deserved the hollywood foreign press though is it's in some hot water. They're kind of problematic. I've worked for them for about six years now. I cover all of their uh, red carpets for the Golden Globes, right. the official HFPA red carpet. Um, the people that I work with on a regular basis are lovely. They're wonderful. However, they have not had black representation for like 20 years. Yeah. And the Hollywood Foreign Press is interesting because it's really a handful of a few dozen, 80 or so people around the world uh, who vote on these these awards. And one thing that really stood out this year that was a sort of a blinding, just like in your face, 
sort of it, it raised a lot of questions was the show Emily in Paris. If you've watched it, it's terrible. Like borderline unwatchable. Yeah. Unless yeah. you're just watching it for the camp of it all, then it's great. But it was nominated for multiple awards. And people were left asking, like, why? Like, how on earth? And then more news started to come out that uh, they had launched an entire campaign flying members of the Hollywood Foreign Press to Paris, giving them trips and gifts and basically buying their way into this. And then it's a lot easier to buy your way into an association that has 80 or 90 members versus the Academy, which has like 700 now totally. or, or more because uh, they've been really diversifying over at the Oscars for years now, ever since Oscars So White uh, went viral. Now, because of this, the Golden Globes, NBC has cut, cut their partnership with them. They are not even going to air the Golden Globes on NBC this coming year, which is a really big deal. It's one of the major properties of Dick Clark Productions, which is who I work for. Yeah, so they're, it's going to be really interesting, I think. Yeah, they're saying they're, they're willing to welcome them back in 2023 if things you know turn around this year but even this last year their their broadcast with tina fey and amy poehler lowest ratings of all since the 90s yeah um so we'll see what happens with this show and others award shows are struggling during the pandemic yeah and i understand it like why yeah no judgment of course all right well coming up what people do care about is dr james simmons and he's joining us next hour and what the health on the impacts of biden administration picking up protections against discrimination stick around with the new channel q Coming up this hour, it's What the Health with Dr. James Simmons uh, talking about the Biden administration. Also, we're going to be talking about the gray area of uh, mask wearing right now. Anthony Fauci saying maybe it's time to ease up indoor mask wearing. We're getting mixed information. Uh, kind of feels like the beginning of the pandemic again, where it seemed logical to wear a mask. They told us not to. I ordered some off Amazon anyways, and apparently that was problematic because I was keeping them from hospitals. But now, a year later... Do we wear them? Do we not wear them? Nobody Fully knows. vaccinated. What do you do? We're talking to Dr. James Simmons. If you have questions, uh, we're going to get you some answers coming up this hour. Uh, right now, the big, big news, news, big news um, in regards to uh, faith communities, yeah. one church in particular, and our community. Uh, what do you have in news on the beat? So, uh, Reverend Megan Rohrer was elected Bishop of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America's Sierra Pacific Synod. On Saturday, becoming the first transgender person to serve as bishop in the denomination or in any of the major Christian faiths in the U.S. Rohrer, pastor of Grace Lutheran Church in San Francisco and community uh, chaplain coordinator for the San Francisco Police Department, was the first transgender person to be ordained in the ELCA in 2006 and the first to serve as a pastor when called to Grace Lutheran in 2014. Well known for advocating for LGBTQ rights in street activism, preaching and writing, Rohrer, 41, who uses the pronouns they and them, is also recognized for their work with the homeless. Rohrer has also attained minor celebrity status, stemming from appearances on the television series Queer Eye and in profiles in Time Magazine and Cosmopolitan where they recounted their struggles as a young LGBTQ Christian. It's a big deal. Congratulations. It's a huge deal. Like A, a transgender bishop? That's, Major. that's a big thing. Major. All right, another news. Energy regulators are calling on leaders in the energy sector to step up their cyber defenses after the weekend ransomware attack that knocked the Colonial Pipeline offline. The chief U.S. policy strategist at AGF Investments said the latest hack by so-called cyber pirates should be a red alert for the White House following years of hackers blackmailing local governments, businesses, and hospitals. 
Colonial Pipeline, which delivers nearly half the diesel and gasoline consumed on the East Coast, is still trying to get its system restarted. If the shutdown continues for more than a few days, many Americans could be looking at a $3 a gallon gas for the first time since 2014. Hey, don't make promises you can't keep. Hello. $3 a gallon gas in Southern California would be a dream. A dream. It's $5 a gallon out here. So good. I tell my mom this all the time. I'm like, listen, mom. I had a dream of one day making it big and living large yeah. and having my own yacht. Yada, yada, yada. It'll still happen. Yada, so, yada, yada. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yacht. Get it, <laughs> yacht. But right now, I'm like, Mom, I make six figures. I used to think that was so much money. And now that I make it and I live in Los Angeles and I share an apartment with my fiance and we, we have a... It means nothing. We share a car and have like a backup car that's like, you know, a, you know whatever. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, yeah, here we are. Five dollars a gallon. That, that's why. Yeah. It's things like that. That's why we don't live bigger. It's true. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Rounding out news this morning, the Pfizer vaccine will now be available to kids ages 12 to 15 after the FDA expanded its emergency use authorization. Pediatricians and pharmacies could start administering the shots as early as Thursday. Now, experts say getting young teens vaccinated could make a huge difference in snuffing out the pandemic. In India, the country's ongoing coronavirus cata- catastrophe is threatening to impact the world economy. Analysts are rethinking their predictions for India's growth this year, which is troubling after the country's recession last year. Not to mention India and its ships and waterways are crucial for global supply chains. The country also typically produces more than 60% of all vaccines sold globally, but the largest vaccine maker there is shifting to focus on domestic needs. All right, let's get into a little wet there. It's going to be a high of 99 in Cathedral City. 95 in Sacramento, 61 in St. Louis, 48 in Chicago, 46 in Buffalo, 86 in Miami, 61 in Kansas City, and 88 in Vegas. They give us a vibe of the day. Here's your vibe. Take risks. If you win, you'll be happy. If you lose, you'll be wise. Yeah. It's a win-win, people. Yeah. Here's a risk worth taking. Uh, head over to wearechannelq.com right now. No risk involved whatsoever. However, the payoff could be so awesome. We're going to send you and a friend to Las Vegas. We're talking round-trip airfare, two-night stay at the brand-new Resorts World Las Vegas, and two VIP passes to get some Vegas Sun poolside and catch Tiesto set at the brand-new IU Day Club at Resorts World Las Vegas. There is no risk involved. The payoff could be huge. Uh, head over to wearechannelq.com yeah. for your chance to win. All right, coming up in What the Health, Dr. James Simmons joins us to discuss the impacts of Biden administration picking up protections against discrimination. Coming up next. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's time for What the Health of Dr. James Simmons. Also, uh, Nurses Week right now, Dr. James. How are yes. you? Yes. It is Nurses Week. How about that? Very exciting. Just to explain to our listeners who might be joining us for the first time, you are a doctor. You have your doctorate. You work as a nurse uh, helping save lives on the front lines and the fight against COVID and everything else, obviously, uh, every day of your life. And we appreciate you for it. So so happy Nurses Week to you. How are you happy do, Nurses Week. How are you feeling? Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, it is a little confusing sometimes, right? I'm a nurse practitioner and have been for years, but I also have my doctorate. So I'm technically Dr. James Simmons, but I still work as a nurse practitioner. In fact, I just got off a night shift. It was great. Oh, yikes. Michaela, he cannot cut you open. Please. He does not do Botox. 
So stop I was just going to say asking. the filler in Although my lips. I know some great nurse practitioners who do. I can I can hook you up. <laughs> Wait, also, can you check me though? Because my lips are deflating a little bit and I'm stressing out. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Well, let's get down to business as we celebrate you today and always. Uh, the president, uh, he's reinstated some protections for LGBTQ Americans to guard against transgender health care discrimination. What do you know about this? Why is it important? Oh, how fun and exciting is this? Okay, so this Section 1557 of the Affordable Care Act has been the really it's been a hot button issue for a really long time. So ever since uh, Obama was president and and the Affordable Care Act, this provision and everything went through in 2016. This Section 1557 prohibited discrimination based on race, color, national origin, sex, age, or disability. There was an expansion of that understanding that sex also meant sexual orientation and gender identity. So they, they wrapped it all up in there, including like the uh, health, uh, the workplace anti-discrimination bill that went through the Supreme Court that you cannot, you know, uh, uh, discriminate against folks based off of their sexual orientation or gender identity in the workplace. So they piled that all together. Everything was great. Trump administration comes along and decides to have a different interpretation of that along much stricter binary lines so that sex only meant male or female genitalia assigned at birth, which then allowed effectively healthcare providers to discriminate against lots of individuals, particularly trans folks and those who don't have like a specific binary gender identity. Well, now Biden flipping it around, going back to the way it was before and saying, nope, you can't do that. In fact, uh, the uh, Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becerra actually said that like fear of discrimination could cause people to forego care, which has serious negative health consequences. So they're reversing the reversal, which is ultimately bottom line, fantastic for our entire community. I think it's so important because it's terrible that people are being discriminated against in any capacity, but to be discriminated against um, for your gender health care. I mean, I can't imagine in a world where anybody would be really okay with somebody being sick or needing any sort of thing and not being able to go to the hospital and being turned away. It's it's really frightening. And and listen, we've known for a really long time. I, I'm not, you know, bursting anyone's bubble with this knowledge, but like we as an entire LGBTQ plus community are at much higher risk for lots of really poor health outcomes, particularly our LGBTQ folks of color and who are poor and trans folks, right? Like just bottom line, trans folks are not consistently receiving very good health care at all. And then to have federally mandated ability to be able to discriminate against trans folks simply because they're trans, not even necessarily in this case, based off of religious issues, you could just say, I don't want to treat a trans person. And then you were legally protected. Now that's not the case. Well, listen, it wasn't that long ago. And we have to keep this in mind. I had a conversation with my mom last night about the young man. I believe it was in Iran who was beheaded by his family, 20 years old. He was outed by somebody else and he was beheaded by his family. Queerty did a write-up on it yesterday. It broke my heart. I had a really hard time sort of processing it yesterday. And I had a conversation with my mom. I said, listen, just because it feels like we have rights now as, as, as gay and lesbian people, Michaela and I, uh, that doesn't mean that we always will, and and it, that doesn't mean we stop fighting. Yeah. We fight for our trans brothers and sisters because it wasn't that long ago that here in the United States and in many parts of our country still, 
there is, as you've talked about, the discrepancies in in healthcare based on community, based on income level, based on the color of your skin. It still happens all day, every day across our country and around the world. So it's super, super important. Um, it wasn't that long ago. Also, I did a play in college called The Death of Bessie Smith. I don't know if you know who Bessie Smith is, but she was a jazz singer back in years ago. And I think it was so like, she's the, the best. In late 1930s, she died in a car accident, right? And I played, mm-hmm. uh, my character was the great white doctor. And the, and the, and the storyline of this play was that she was brought in after this accident. And I was the only one willing to, to offer her services because other hospitals were turning her down, right? This was the play. But that was very, very real. For black yeah, yeah. people, for minorities in our country, that that white doctors wouldn't wouldn't you know offer their services to black people in in the last hundred years, so it wasn't that long ago, and it's still happening. Uh, this is a big deal, Doctor James. It, it's a it's an absolutely huge deal, and I think we have to remember that you know a lot of folks listening right now might live in sort of privileged places or places where this doesn't seem as much of a big deal. You know, there's lots of here in Southern California and where I practiced before in Chicago and other places like New York and Houston and and even like Atlanta, there are fantastic resources for trans individuals and all of us really in the entire community to go get healthcare resources and we can do so without fear. Um, But if you are, you know, as we've talked about, you know, being from small towns like you and I, AJ, and like the things like this, for those individuals, that, that little queer, non-binary kiddo in Wyoming who is brave enough to come out um, and then can't get the health care that they deserve. I, I mean, it's, it's things like that why we have to keep fighting. And so, yes, just because, like you, to your point, things are good in a particular place where part of our community mm-hmm. does not mean that we stop. In fact, I think it means we work harder um, now that we have, you know, a lot of us. I'm a cis gay man, right? So I have a lot of privilege. And I need to use that to fight for our entire community, because if our entire community isn't coming up, nobody is. Well, Dr. James Simmons, we want to continue our conversation with you for What the Health. Um, We're going to discuss the gray area with masks and how one woman's misadventure actually turned out just fine. Coming up next. We're joined again by Dr. James Simmons for another round of What the Health. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. James. Uh, The question on a lot of people's minds right now is to mask or not to mask. Vaccines are are being, you know, they're readily available. I saw something yesterday that something like 80% of the country is within five miles of all three of the vaccine options. People are getting them. They've stalled out a little, uh, but people are feeling safe. They feel like they want to travel. Dr. Anthony Fauci says that we might need to revisit the the mask guidelines for indoor usage. Where do we stand? What do we need to know? Oh, this one is super complicated, isn't it? And it's actually something that I have personally struggled with as well, because there's this conversation about wanting to signal to the community, to your loved ones, friends and neighbors, everyone around you that you're we know that we're still in this. We know that this pandemic is not fully over. We know that we still have to take some precautions Right. But then also you're like, well, wait, I'm fully vaccinated. Lots of people around me are fully vaccinated. Mm -hmm. CDC says if you're fully vaccinated, you don't need to wear your mask outside. And then you add in that oh so thick, heavy layer of politics with masks that have gone on for more than about a year and a half now. Right. It makes a really complicated situation. So from a health standpoint, I think it's important for everyone to remember that if you are outside, not in a very large gathering, which are starting to happen in some places. But if you're just outside in general, pretty much anywhere, and you're fully vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask. Like, period, end of discussion. So 
I think there needs to start being a little bit more layered conversations about moving away from masks. Because here's the thing. Here's where it's sort of like an ironic conversation. So many people were wearing masks as a statement against anti-maskers because anti-maskers weren't following the science. Right. Well, now if you flip that around, and I even put this on myself, right, it's a complicated conversation. Sometimes I feel like I need to wear my mask to signal to people that I'm, I'm, I'm still in it, right? I want to help keep you safe. But also, that's not the science. The science very clearly says I don't need to wear my mask outside. So it's, it's super complicated. Well, I think this is really interesting uh, because, you know, a lot of people have been nervous about getting vaccines, but everyone's been excited, I think, for the most part, to get Pfizer. It seems like that one has the least of all... Um, uh, side effects. But this uh, a story is coming out where a woman accidentally got vaccinated with six doses. How is that possible? And will, is she OK? Oh, my God. Isn't is that this crazy? Wild? Yeah, this is crazy. And uh, people there are still lots of friends who are, um, you know, and people listening, I'm sure, who are still a little bit vaccine hesitant. So I don't want you to be nervous about this when you hear this story, um, because unfortunately, things like this happen. But So the Pfizer vaccine comes in a vial that has six doses in it. So you need to take out one sixth of that and then you reconstitute it in a dilution in a separate vial. Well, there was a nurse who thought that the Pfizer vaccine had already been reconstituted in a separate vial because then that new vial with the dilution, you draw the whole thing up into your syringe. Well, she grabbed the vial, thought it was the diluted one, drilled the whole thing up into her needle and then gave the jab and off they went. This was in Italy. And then almost immediately the nurse, this is at least according to reports, almost immediately the poor nurse started hyperventilating and panicking because she had realized what she had done and notified the patient and the you know medical providers around her right away. Luckily, This person was monitored in the hospital for a little more than 24 hours and is doing completely fine. Just some arm soreness. No big deal. Thank God. This is wild. So for anybody who is a little bit hesitant, because I see Michaela sweating right now. No, I'm just laughing that it's coming out of Italy. (laughs) Italy. Thanks a lot, Italians. My heritage. Just like, take six. Don't take one. Take six. What what sort of standards and practices are in place here in the United States to keep that from happening here? So like, what if you're working in a team? Because these are very complex efforts that are taking place, you know, these vaccine sites. And there are a lot of people moving through there at a pretty rapid pace. Um, The first one I went to, there were hundreds of people in line waiting. Mm-hmm. My second shot, I got at the CVS, so it's much more convenient. Um, but what sort of what sort of practices are being put into place to make sure that doesn't just happen? They're not just giving people six doses. So there's really, really fantastic sort of checks and balances with uh, with how we pre- administer medications here in the United States to prevent things like this. You know, we learned really early on with insulin. There were some medication errors, you know, years ago. I'm talking 80, 90 years ago when we started using insulin on a more regular basis because there's different types of insulins that act differently. So we needed to put them in different colored vials, things like that. Um, so we, we have those right now. Typically, a different person does the reconstitution of the vaccine than is the person who administers it. Right. So it's a separate it's a it's a nurse or a pharmacist, usually, who will take the vials, reconstitute them in the dilution in a separate colored vial that is labeled as such and then gives those vials to the nurse who is going to administer the vaccine. So that that it's it's two checks there, two different colors. There's also 
the nurse who's giving the vaccine is not also the nurse reconstituting things because that's where we start to see medication errors. That, so that you, actually, can, you can really feel assured that it's going to be safe when you get it here. That does make sense because I remember the system when I went to get my first one, when there were hundreds and hundreds of people waiting in line, uh, they were set up at different tables. And every so often they would swap out a little cooler full of vaccines. They would come out and bring fresh ones and then go. Re- so somebody back in another area was replenishing and then they'd swap them out. So I guess that, that is actually probably what was happening there, too. Yeah, yeah that, that's exactly what happens. And we do we do this all the time. And, then we, you know, listen, I'm not going to lie to anybody and tell people that medication errors don't happen. They happen all the time, every single day in hospitals all over the world um, and clinics all over the world. And, and it's, you know, unfortunately goes down to human error. But I think you can still feel really safe and assured that when you go get these vaccines, that there are good systems and checks in place. Also, the good news is that this woman had other than arm soreness, like really no side effects whatsoever. So she did find other reports of people who have received too many vaccine, uh, too much vaccine dosages have maybe felt some of the stronger flu-like symptoms, but ultimately have not had any other like adverse events from, from this. Yeah. Well, listen, we appreciate you so much, Dr. James Simmons. It is also Nurses Week. Happy Nurses Week. You're now a doctor, but uh, to all of the people working the front line, we appreciate it so much and being able to talk with you. Thank you very much to all of my nurses, LPNs, nursing assistants, RNs, nurse practitioners, other doctorally prepared nurses, everybody. Happy Nurses Week. I love y'all. Thank you for everything you do. Yes. Okay, now send me that um, lip injectors number. because <laughs> Coming up it. in What's Poppin', <laughs> uh, Ava Max is making a shocking confession uh, about her time in the industry, and we're going to have that for you coming up next. Hour, an alarming number of people are turning their pets into shelters right now. Uh, and we're going to tell you why and what you can do about it. The celebrity veterinarian Doc Halligan joins us to have that conversation. You know, our pets are very, very important to us here at the Morning Beat. Justin's cat, Michaela and I's doggies, dogs drool, cats rule. Is that how it goes? Yeah, obviously. Something like that. Yeah, I don't agree with that at all. I can't stand cats. I'm highly allergic. However, Same, honey. I'll bring her, bring her in for tomorrow. Homeward Bound was one of the best films ever made. If oh you my haven't God. seen Homeward it, Bound was a vibe. Go check it out. Homeward Bound. Wow. I haven't. I, they, remember they used to play it on the Disney Channel? Yeah. I used there to was, watch it at Vivian Cavaricci's house. There was Chance. Mm-hmm. Oh, Who yeah. else? Shadow. 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 That was the name of my first dog. The Golden Retriever, mm-hmm. right? Shadow was good. Shadow. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Trip down Living memory lane. in a shadow. Name that song. Someone else's dreams. Name that artist. You're definitely going off the rails right now. I Name have no idea. No idea. Ashley Simpson. Okay. Wow. wow. 2009. Okay. Maybe 10. Did she perform that on SNL? And yeah, and then her career was over. Career died. Yeah. That's why I didn't know the Still song. Still loved that, that album. Okay, great. Really listened to it a lot. Well, that's coming up this hour, so stick around for that conversation. I'm sure it'll be uh, enticing as all get out. Uh According to Michaela's current state of mind. Riveting. Are you ready for some news on the beat? Always. Go for it. All right, so the Pfizer vaccine will now be available to kids ages 12 to 15 after the FDA expanded its emergency use authorization. Pediatricians and pharmacies could start administering the shots as early as Thursday. Experts say getting young teens vaccinated can make a huge difference in snuffing out the pandemic. Now, in India, the country's ongoing coronavirus catastrophe is threatening to impact the world economy. Analysts are rethinking their predictions for India's growth this year, which is troubling after the country's recession last year. Not to mention India and its ships and waterways are crucial for global supply chains. The country also typically produces more than 60% of all vaccines sold globally, but the largest vaccine maker there is shifting to focus on domestic
decades. Uh, now, in other news, this is really big news. Reverend Megan Rohrer was elected bishop of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America's Sierra Pacific Synod on Saturday, becoming the first transgender person to serve as bishop in the denomination or in any of the major Christian faiths in the U.S. Uh, Rohrer, pastor of Grace Lutheran Church in San Francisco and community chaplain coordinator for the San Francisco Police Department, was the first transgender person to be ordained in the ELCA in 2006 and the first to serve as a pastor when called to Grace Lutheran in 2014. Now well-known for advocating for LGBTQ rights in street activism, preaching and writing, Roar 41, who uses the pronouns they and them, is also recognized for their work with the homeless. Roar has also attained minor celebrity status stemming from appearances on the television series Queer Eye and in profiles in Time Magazine and Cosmopolitan, where they recounted their struggles as a young LGBTQ Christian. That's really big news. That is big news. Also, uh, kids getting vaccinated. Is that a thing that's about to happen? Are we doing that? Because I'm seeing on the on, on TV right now that this young boy was in uh, part of the Pfizer test. He was vaccinated in December and uh, January. He's 12 years old. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, said so it. That, I know. Yeah, it's ha- but like it's actually like parents are trusting their kids. Yeah. I didn't know they were actually testing them. Yeah. It's listen. I think that it's nice because everyone was very scared. They were getting very nervous. But now little kids. Because I think, if anybody, the people that were most affected were little kids. They want to be able to go to school. I know a girl that just had to redo her senior prom from last year, or some senior dance that she was going to have last year. Uh, They were able to recreate it now that people are starting to get vaccinated. I mean, because imagine everything that kids missed last year. It's just so sad. Well, they're saying right now that 2,000 teens were part of the Pfizer trial. So that's just why I didn't even consider. Like, obviously, you'd have to you'd have to test that on children. What are you saying, Justin? I don't read lips very well. Just at Duke University. At Duke University, in, in one of the Pfizer trials. So I mean, that's that's how I don't know that I could sign my kid up for a trial for a vaccine. I don't know. Like my twelve year old, be like, hey, let him stick this needle in you. Yeah. I, I'm all for vaccines. I don't know if I could do that though. Yeah, I don't. I actually don't think I would. Maybe if they gave me like a free iPad. Or something. <laughs> maybe maybe then. Come on, then kid. you'd hand over your kid. Line them up. <laughs> Not an iPad, idiot. (laughs) All right, let's do a little weather. It's going to be a high of 90 in Vegas, 99 in Palm Springs, 88 in Houston, 64 in San Francisco, 68 in Seattle, and a high of 75 in Atlanta. Now, give us a vibe of the day. Take risks. If you win, you'll be happy. If you lose, you will be wise. And you'd be wise to head over to wearechannelq.com right now uh, for your chance to win a trip to Vegas for you and a friend. We're throwing in a round-trip airfare for two, an epic two-night stay at the all-new Resorts World Las Vegas, and two VIP passes to get some Vegas sun poolside and catch the DJ Tiesto set at the brand-new IU Day Club, all part of Resorts World Las Vegas' brand-new Grand opening. Super exciting stuff happening in your hometown, Michaela Gordon. Absolutely. Uh, head over to wearechannelq.com right now. Now, uh, coming up with Doc Halligan, we've discussed this in depth last year, but all the pets that were adopted during the pandemic, what's happening to them now that people are returning to work and travel? We discuss with Doc Halligan coming up next. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. We're joined again by one of our favorite guests, celebrity veterinarian Doc Halligan. Doc, thank Doc you so Halligan. much for being here. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. We always love catching up with you. Sometimes the topics are a little more exciting than others. Sometimes they're a little <laughs> bit of a downer, and this one's a bit of a downer. Apparently, uh, pets are being returned at a high rate right now to shelters. What's going on? Well, exactly like what we had predicted. 
um, during the pandemic, people felt isolated. And what did they do? They went ahead and got a dog. And unfortunately, when you get a dog, it's a huge commitment. It's 14 to 16 years, a lot of responsibility, medical bills, et cetera, et cetera. And so what's happened now is people are going back to their life. Restaurants are opening, opened up. People are going back to their social life. And now the pets are being returned because it wasn't thought through. You can't get a pet. It can't be an emotional response to go get a pet. It has to really be thought out because it's a big responsibility. Well, it makes me so sad because to think that somebody would go get a pet and then bond with them for months, a year, and then be so ready to just quickly give them up once they start getting busy again. Do they just not create any kind of emotional bond? I mean, there probably has been emotional bond, but I I believe that a lot of those pets probably came with some issues. Well, we and all do. We all do. We all, wow. <laughs> and so the minute... The minute an issue comes up, it's like, ah, I don't want to deal with this. Oh, he's chewing my couch when I leave. Oh, he's barking too much. Oh, he's peeing or pooping in the house. Right? And so, uh, you know, it takes a lot of work. to. It's a relationship, compromise, give and take, a lot of effort, and it's just easier to surrender it. Listen, I'll tell you, I talk about not making an emotional decision to get a pet. It's the best advice I've heard because... In my 20s, I got two different dogs. One of them I tried to save for my parents because he was problematic, and it was he was also problematic for me. It didn't work out. The second one, I got a puppy. I was like, oh, my roommate and I at the time, which was a terrible idea, decided to get a chocolate lab, right? Apparently, uh-huh. chocolate labs chew holes through walls. They eat your baseboard. Oh they God. eat brand new couches. He was a terror. Bad and, boy. But we were also, we made an emotional decision, though. This time around with our dog, Kingston, I was a little bit tentative because I... I I thought I was a bad bad dog owner. I'm going to tell you, Doc Halligan, I'm a great dog dad. Yeah. I'm really good, and our dog is really good, and he's really awesome, and we made the decision, and he is the best decision we've ever made in our lives. He brings such joy to our lives. If people could just stick it out a little bit longer, if they're thinking about taking their dog back to a shelter, uh, what sort of advice, if they're kind of at that point where they're maybe 50-50, what advice would you give to those people? Well, I would say reach out to organizations, SPCAs, nonprofits. They want to help you keep your pet in the home. There is help available if you reach out. And it doesn't even have to cost you a lot of money. So you just need to start talking to people that have dogs, talking to rescue groups uh, about getting some training. Caesar Milan. Reach out to him. He's a celebrity, but he has connections. He has money. He might be able to help you. Don't give up because, you know, you're discarding an animal with all the problems and maybe even some new ones that you've created. And it's not really fair to them because there is a chance that pet might get euthanized. Mm. And it's not fair to the pet. And people who have pets live longer. It's better for your health mentally. So. Don't make that quick decision of, well, I'm just going to turn it away. Try to stick it out. I mean, it's only been, what, a year since the pandemic? Well, yeah. yeah, but uh-huh. also, I, I feel like, too, like you said, there's so many answers, but you kind of brushed over it. They are going to get euthanized. Like, it's not like you're going yeah. to take these dogs or these cats or these animals back, and then someone is just going to adopt them. I mean, with, like, so many animals going in, they're going to die. 
there is a high probability they will get euthanized if you take it into a high intake shelter. Yeah, just because you're yes. over it. Listen, I can't yes, even imagine. Over it. Listen, Doc Halligan, you say you talk about living, living longer. I can't even imagine a day without my dog Kingston anymore. He just, we celebrated yeah. the six month birthday on Friday. He's so Aww. smart. He's the cuddliest dog. He comes up, he literally climbs on me, wraps his yeah, paws around me, guy. and hugs me and mm-hmm. snuggles with me every and single that- day. And it just takes my stress away. Yeah. And and then how long, how long did you ponder getting a dog? We thought about. Well, we've kind of talked about it. Eh, it's been mentioned a few times over a couple of years. But I will say that we spent a solid six months in quarantine thinking about it, and then mm-hmm. realized this is not going to go away anytime soon. Then we decided to sort of pull the trigger. Uh, but then. Those first few weeks are difficult. It's difficult to train a puppy. To house train a puppy, it's not a fun process. But if you can get over the hurdle of the first month or two with your dog, it's such, uh, it's just every moment with him is just pure love. Yeah, it is. And we love it. And, And, you know, it's true. I always tell people, if you get a puppy, just put a couple of hard months work into it and you end up with a great dog Mm. you've got to be prepared to put that effort in but it's not a lifelong effort once a dog gets trained they know what you want it that's it and i'm so happy to hear that you you just have acclimated to your dog and that you did the right thing you know you thought about it you researched it and then when the time was right you got the dog that's the right fit that's why a lot of this the um rescue groups won't just give a dog to someone they go to the house they do a questionnaire do you have the finances? Have you thought this through? Because it is an emotional buy when you see them and they love you unconditionally. Um, but, you, you know, you really do have to have to um, understand that you could be causing something to be uh, have its life cut short because of your irresponsibility. And one last thing I'll say is there are groups that will take them. Um, so last case, you know, if you are going to relinquish it, do not take it to a high intake shelter. Okay, because those are the ones that are going to put them down. Take it to a place, a rescue that isn't going to put it down, that will rehome it. Do your research. Don't just drive up to the the nearest shelter and turn it in. But are there high intake shelters where I could drop off Michaela? Yes. That's what I want to know. Spa day. (laughs) I would love it. Clip my paws, honey. Give me a couple scratches. She's trained. She's perfect. She's beautiful. She's talented. Oh my God! Oh my God! Are you hitting on me? <laughs> you know we love you so much. Thank you for oh, calling in. Uh, make okay, sure you down. Yeah, go to DocHalligan.com for more questions or download the podcast Unleashed wherever you can download a podcast. Now coming up, why and how is this news? What your snack preference says about you? All I know, honey, is I am a snack, according to Doc Halligan. Okay. I think we're up to the task. I think we could tell our listeners something good right now, Michaela. Absolutely, we could. This first story involves boomers and those who drag them on social media, but it has a positive twist. My mom and I just had a conversation last night about the boomer generation, of which she is a part of, Mm -hmm. and uh, she did her part uh, by stepping away. By not really retiring, she just sort of quit working a few years ago, and my dad supports her, opening a way for a younger person to come up and take a job and to live the American dream. Right. Well, Facebook has groups for literally everything. The internet is wild. There's a Facebook group, uh, group 
Facebook group dedicated to a certain brand of mockery came upon a man with a liver transplant who needed one. Um, they actually did something really cool. Now, there's this group that basically all they do, it's called a car club where everyone acts like boomers. Where basically oh these young people <laughs> make fun of boomers, older generations, of, of car aficionados. People who collect and talk about cars and car parts and everything to do with cars, right? Right. And these young kids just make fun of them, basically. Well, until one thing changed their minds. One of their users came across um, a post from a man in Uniontown, Pennsylvania, by the name of Gary Ryder. He posted that he was selling an air compressor, uh, air compressor um, that basically still worked like it's supposed to. Nothing fancy, but it's an air compressor. He was asking for $45 okay. and let them know that the money would be used towards a liver transplant that he needed. Well, one of the users saw that, and they made fun of some of his uh, grammatical errors in his post. However... They also started a GoFundMe for this guy. Oh. Never met him, don't know him from, from Adam, right? So far, they've raised $58,000 oh for this man. That's amazing. And he said, listen, he's like, listen, I'm about as hillbilly as redneck as they come. <laughs> These kids, yeah, they can poke fun, but it's all in good humor. They're yeah. just being silly. My house is only worth $15,000. I was ready to sell my house and everything in it to get this kidney transplant. And now because of these young people. Oh, my God. It's so, you so can, sweet. You can drag this generation, but they, listen. They do try. When they put their minds mm-hmm. to something. They make it happen. They make things happen. Yeah, Such I love that. Such a cool that. story. Okay, well, listen to this. This is so cute. So, volunteers rescued over 800 baby sea turtles from storm drains. And how they did it was they got really creative and decided uh, that they would make something that could help them. They were trapped inside the drains and the volunteers had to be innovative. So they were able to craft like a scoop in order to safely free the little animals. They crafted like a custom scooper from a telescopic aquarium net attached to a bamboo pole and were very pleased to see how well the invention worked. We were able to save all the baby turtles. I love that. Yeah, innovation is finest. Not as much as I love one of the greatest, 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 funniest Comedians of all time. We're going to call them the greatest. Why not? The greatest. Leslie Nielsen. Oh, my God. Okay, so think back to the Naked Gun franchise. Naked Gun 33 and a third opened with one of the most iconic scenes in comedic film history. The baby strollers going down the steps of like City Hall, and there's like a gang fight going on. There's mobsters, guns everywhere, and there's babies flying all over the place. And (laughs) and OJ Simpson are trying to save all the babies, right? rolling down the stairs. OJ almost slam almost like spikes one. He stops him. It's a funny funny scene. Well, a local grocery store clerk was in a similar situation uh, in Alton, Illinois. Listen to him explain. And all of a sudden this cart that had baby in it was rolling down the hill. So I sp- Stopped what I was doing, sprung into action, and saved the baby. <laughs> this guy is, I love it. His name is Ben Mazer. He's 24 years old. He's cor- collecting grocery carts uh, when he saw this happen. Can you imagine? No. You see a, a baby carriage, and you're like, oh, my God, there's a child in it. It goes rolling down a hill. What do you do? He springs ah! into action. Uh, he's being praised for it. He's on the local news. Everybody's proud of him. He's a I local love it. hero. Uh, May 5th was actually deemed Ben Mazer Day for him. That's so um, And the mayor actually sort of made this happen. Anytime you find someone that's put up 
as much work and time and effort that Ben has done to go through Challenge Unlimited, to be enrolled at Lewis and Clark Community College, to work at Chinooks. He's just a fantastic individual, and it's an honor and a pleasure to honor someone like Ben on on his birthday of all days. Yeah, his birthday, also May 5th. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, listen, that's a great way to end this show. As always, thank you for listening. We've got Red, White, and Q tomorrow. Uh, So for now, take care of yourself, wash your hands, wear your masks, and we'll see you tomorrow. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.